Hello, Lagos. Good afternoon. I'm Sandra Ezekwesili. And these are your hard facts. It's such a hot, hot day. My God, that's not your first hard fact of the day, Joe. Your first hard fact of the day is 675. 675 confirmed new cases of COVID-19 yesterday. 128 of those were here in Lagos. The numbers are going back up, Lagos, because stay safe. Oh, Lagos, this thing is not over. I was on the phone with my mom today, and my mom was like, Ah, Sandra, get in here, man. Why are the numbers going back up? I said, People are not taking precautions anymore, mom. People are not doing what they're supposed to be doing anymore. They're not wearing their masks, they're not washing their hands, they're going to parties, they're going to crowded places, and they're doing a ringo, you know? So it's, it's ridiculous. I'm even talking to her about uh, changing her mind about traveling home for the Christmas holidays because you know how village people are. They come, they visit, everybody wants to hug you. Oh, no, Nigeria. Oh, no, Bataro. Hey, hey, hey. Deja, 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 you know. <laughs> yes, I'm an Ankana woman, you know, so that's a bit of my dialect there. So please, stay safe, eh? I beg, I beg, I beg. The numbers are going back up. You need to stay safe. This thing is not over. Every weekend, more and more people are going for one bear. You know, they're going for a wedding. They're going for burial. I beg. It's, I know that um, there's no curfew yet. Um, I know that there's a vaccine on the way. In fact, we're going to talk about it on today's uh, Big 3 Global Edition. But until it comes, I beg. Wear your mask, wash your hands, keep your distance, limit your movements, stay at home, drink your wine at home, drink your beer inside house, I beg, and then listen to the radio, okay? I mean, I'm giving you a good show every day. Abi, that's why 974,000 Ligotians think so. They can't be wrong. Today is Friday. We're letting Nigeria rest. Instead, we're... Uh, starting uh, with the Big Three Global Edition. We're going to talk about the latest COVID-19 vaccine news. Then we're going to talk about American celebrities writing President Buhari to release NSAR's detainees. And then let's talk about the elections in Ghana. After that, as usual for a Friday, we'll bring you Public Square with Agogo. And then we'll wrap up the show with Music and Moments. Last week, Friday, I was listening to Music and Moments. It was so great. Uh, he played this song... Um and a lot of people were calling in to talk about what that song reminds them of, who that song reminds them of. And one particular man was talking about a babe that he used to toast back in the day. And his wife was in the car with him. So the more the man talked and the more detail the man shared, uh, while he was getting to the very, very sweet part of the gist, the, the line ended. So my husband and I were in the car and, I was, and my husband was like, ah, they don't carry phone for this one. Huh? They don't beat that moto. <laughs> It's such a fun show. Seriously, it's a, it's a great way to unwind and uh, relax on a Friday evening. Stop, don't miss that show. If you've never listened, today's a good day to start listening to Music and Moments. It takes the air from 6 p.m. That's how we wrap up Hard Facts every Friday. Of course, there's news updates coming your way at the top of the hour. But let's bring you Big 3 Global Edition. The Big 3 Global Edition on Hard Facts. Who should monitor COVID vaccine distribution in Nigeria? Who do you think should monitor that? Are NSAS protesters still being detained after government says 5 for 5 has been honored? 
Why are Ghana's elections so uneventful? That's the big three, Lagos, the big three global edition. Let's get into the stories. As you know, on Fridays, we try to let Nigeria rest and uh, take a look at the biggest stories in the entire world. Although sometimes the big stories are still Nigerian stories or, or they also affect Nigeria. But that's what happens every Friday between three and four. So, for instance, today's first story, COVID-19 vaccines are now in use and Nigeria is going to be getting some. Now, I can hear some of you heave a sigh of relief, especially after hearing yesterday's case numbers. I mean, even today's case numbers, yeah? Now, um, so far, Nigeria is in line to get 20 million doses. Those 20 million doses are enough for 10 million people. It's a start, but remember, there are over 200 million people. So the question now is, who are the 5% that can get this first batch of vaccine? The presidential task force says it will go to medical workers first because they are the ones who are most at risk, right? And then it will go to the most vulnerable, the elderly, people with medical conditions that put them at risk. And the question was asked, how will government identify these people? It's easy to identify health workers, but people who are most vulnerable, people who are most at risk, how will government identify them? Now, the PTF answered that question. The PTF said that they are going to use the same distribution system that we used for the polio vaccine. What do you think about that? Do you trust that the vaccine will be properly allocated? Now, these 20 million doses, we're getting them from a program or through a program called COVAX. The vaccine makers are not giving it away for free. They're selling it. And so there's a danger that the richest countries with cash in hand will be the first in line and they'll finish the first batch before the rest of us. That's why a COVAX exists. That's why COVAX was set up. It's spearheaded by international groups like Gavi, which uh, Ngozi Okonjiwala leads. And what COVAX does is gathers about 180 countries, gets them to pull their money together for a big order of vaccines. That way, their order can compete with the USA, with the EU, with the China's. And this supply should be here. Our COVAX supply should be here in the first quarter of 2021. Meanwhile, the first major uh, news about side effects came out. And Pfizer has said that anybody who has general allergies should not take their COVID vaccine for now, their COVID-19 vaccine for now. Apparently, a few people have had serious allergic reactions to it. We're going to be monitoring that story and we'll tell you what develops out of that. But what do you think about uh, Nigeria's potential to get 20 million vaccines? How do you think this vaccine should be administered in Nigeria? Who do you trust to monitor the process of uh, 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 vaccine distribution? Zero seven zero zero nine nine three nine nine three nine nine three. You can also share your thoughts with us via WhatsApp. WhatsApp is 080-959-75805. We're streaming live on Facebook, so share your thoughts with me on Facebook as well. Facebook is Nigeria Info 99.3. YouTube is Nigeria Info FM. Hello, thanks for calling us. Hello. How are you? What's your name? 
Good afternoon, Sandra. Good afternoon. Okay, this is Samuel. Welcome. Okay, yeah. Uh, well, I will join you in the conversation of this COVID. Mm -hmm. See, the point is that it's not just uh, bring fine. The the case might be rising, but that one has nothing to do with the masses. Okay? okay, it has nothing to do with the masses. So the government should not just try anything that probably maybe the lockdown. They should just leave us. Even they should leave. Government should just leave any any public functions. You understand? They should not close down anything. I'm not talking about we, closing down anything. We're, uh -huh. talk, we're talking no, 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 about you, vaccines. I, I'm just trending it. You understand? Because I, I listened to um, that NCC um, director yesterday, mm -hmm. even PTF, Dr. Ali. Mm -hmm. You understand? I know. Before you know what happened now, they will have one plus one together and say, okay, uh, this one is shorting another. Nigeria, the, our economy right now is already fragile and very nascent. So we can't just afford that. In spite of Nobody what has doing, talked about shorting down anything just yet. What they are talking about right now is vaccines. That's the conversation well, we're even having it, on okay, the show fine. at the moment. No problem. Let the vaccine come by first quarter. Okay, so it is meant for those who are meant for. It's not for the vaccine. It's not meant for the for the masses. Even the, some states say that. Why, why, why are you saying? Not, why are you saying that the vaccine is not meant for the masses? It's not. It's not. We, I mean, masses have been have been. How do I call it now? Mass, masses have been naturally. Um, I do I call it a policy-like immune? You understand now? That, to that, this you, kind you, of you, thing. That, is, that what you just said so, makes no sense. I don't understand what you just no, said. No, I understand. I get you, but I'm just trying to speak my mind. No, how. you understand okay? me, but I don't understand you. You just said okay. that the vaccine is not for the masses, and of, I'm telling you to explain now. yourself. Wait, no, what do I, you I'm mean? Just, I'm just, I'm just being trying to be factual. Look at what yes. you said. So you please said fine. Be, when be, thing comes, be, no, be factual, now, be factual mm -hmm. Samuel, and tell me what you mean when you say the vaccine is not for the masses. Tell me. Okay, fine. What I mean is this. I'm taking you from your prologue, mm -hmm. okay? You said that the, the drugs, are, the vaccines are out, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. And um, is it cow, cow fix or something like that? Kovacs, Kovacs. Um, hey, you understand now? Mm -hmm. So they try to gather, integrate a lot of countries who are less financially privileged and not that, you uh -huh, know. Uh -huh. So we know that the, 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 the financially buoyant country, you know, they will definitely have, you know, a hand in it. They have influence on it. That's talking about money. Okay. So, I mean, the masses are already impoverished. They are poor already. So there is no way they could... I'm just, that, that is just what I'm trying to say. There is no way they could afford one and they should also... I mean, get it. So it is still. Oh, so what you're people. saying? So what you're saying is that Nigerians may not be able to afford the vaccine, huh? Yes, Nigerians. Me, me myself. Mm. Right, so I'm talking to but you. But the so vaccine you know, is like, not for sale we, now. We, oh, now, hold on, now, hold on, now. Even the cocoa feed, we know where it's all ended now. Are we not just? You are giving us this platform to hear our our mind house. Yes, okay? but, while I mean, but, but while, while you are speaking your mind, it is my job to challenge the things that you're saying, especially if they're not steeped in fact. Because while you're talking to me... No, no, Samuel, listen, right? You're talking to 974,000 people. So you I'm have to be sure... 700,000 so, 700, plus understand what I've just said So you have to be sure that what you're saying is accurate. <laughs> And so far, you've said, first of all, you said that this vaccine is not for the masses. I ask you how. You said because people cannot buy it. I said, but it's not for sale. You're not addressing that. Yeah. Oh, no. As time goes on, Sandra, mm. sincerely, mm -hmm. we know how, you know, the palliatives, are, are they for sales or for free? To be distributed to, to the masses? 
Were they sold? Were they sold? The the, the masses who got it, was it sold to them? I'm not talking about the ones that corruption called to. That's what I'm saying. Uh No, but if you want to say, uh if you want to say that you're worried about corruption, you can talk about that. But you can't just now say, oh, that the masses can't afford it. We haven't even gotten there yet. They can't. Anyway, I, I appreciate you creating this platform, sincerely. But thank God that God has made this coronavirus to come in plain. I think the masses are already immune to this, I'm telling you. So let them, let it affect those that are concerned, honestly speaking. Thank you, Sandra. All right, Samuel, thank you for calling. 99.3, hello. Hello, good afternoon, ma. Yes, Ruben, welcome. Yeah, yeah, thank you, ma. Um, see, this trust deficit something, something I, I hear the first and second caller. This trust deficit issue is something that the government needs, needs to address. Everybody has trust in this government. In anything, seriously. It's everywhere. It's, it's even in... Hello, Ruben? Hello, ma. You there, ma? Yes, I can hear you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I support the 20 million vaccine given to Nigeria. Okay. I want it to be here, but my problem is the storage facility. This thing needs extreme cold. Hmm. Electricity is not, is not okay. So I... Oh, no. Sorry about that. Call back if you can. The number to call is 0700-993-993-993. I told you that uh, Nigeria is getting some of the COVID-19 vaccines. Uh, We have uh, uh, 20 million doses coming our way, and those 20 million doses are enough for 10 million people. Now, there are over 200 million of us, right? So who are the 5%... Uh, who can get this first batch of the vaccine. The Presidential Task Force says that uh, the first batch uh, will go to medical workers and then it will go to the most vulnerable. Most vulnerable are the elderly, the people with medical conditions that put them at risk. And then you have to ask, of course, how will government identify these people? And the PTF says that they're going to use the same distribution system that they set up for polio vaccine. Now, these 20 million doses I explained to you were getting from a program called COVAX. Vaccine makers are not giving their vaccine away for free. Rich countries will buy up all the vaccines uh, before people like Nigeria can even get into the conversation. And that's why organizations like Gavi, um, uh, a a group that is spearheaded by Ngozi Okonjiwala, um, said, okay, we're going to pull countries together, about 180 countries, pull them together, pull their money together, and uh, order a big uh, load of vaccines that they can split amongst themselves. And that's why Nigeria is able to get 20 million. That way we can compete with the Americas and the Europe's and the China's and the UAE's and the Saudi Arabia's, right? Now, this COVAX supply... Uh, should be here by the first quarter of 2021. And I'm asking you um, how you think the vaccine should be administered in Nigeria. Who do you trust to monitor the process? 0700-993-993-993. Hello. 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 Yes, hi. Hi. I'm good. Welcome. Yes. So, uh, my name is Shari. Welcome. This vaccine, let me just, in my opinion, mm. I think it's going to go to the least, see, the, all the 120,000, uh, what's it called, senators and governors and presidents and all that, 
I think that's what's going to happen, like most things happen in Nigeria. You think it will go to the elite, huh? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. and, uh, and I'm quite happy for them to be the extra guinea pigs, you know, to work out the system. You know, let us know all the side effects. I'm happy with that. Let them the way they take everything first, let them take this one too. Quite, quite okay with me. You know, unfortunately, that actually have health issues that need it. Okay. Well, let's be factual. Out of that 20 million, maybe 1 million will get the people like this. But the elite are not up to but the elite are not up to ten million now. They're not even up to one million. Oh, 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 Sandra. That's when they remember they have some cousins, cousins, family, family. <laughs> but even that, Seb, I'm not sure say reach one million. I'm not sure say reach okay. one million. Okay, so let's do it this way. Twenty million, yeah. Okay, mm. they will get fine. No, twenty yes, million. Okay. That's enough for ten million people because um, you have two doses. Yes. Mm. So ten million. Mm-hmm. It won't work. They will take three. Uh-uh, now, so, so we still have seven million. Uh, that's seven million. Uh-uh. Then the north, I'm sorry to put Chiba in charge, because especially since you said the polio, um, polio vaccine. vaccine. Mm. Yeah. And the last polio vaccine for the lobby it was in the north, in the north okay. part of Nigeria. So if you follow that, I feel like it's, it's not going to be distributed evenly. Do you get? Okay. So after the health workers and then... Somehow, because it's been more, most of it might go to, to the northern region more than it might come to the southern region. Hmm. So I said, I'm waiting two years now before I, I even volunteer to take it. So I'm good. I'm, I'm quite all right. Okay. But I, I mean, I, I really hope that they won't do what Nigeria likes to do the most, which is put it for themselves. Hmm. And they will keep their church mind hmm. and then actually give it to the health workers and the, uh, what's called the vulnerable. Hmm. Well, you know, Sandra, we'll all be here by God's grace. Well, we'll be here monitoring it. We'll see how it goes. Shari, thanks for calling. I love when you call. Thank you so much for calling. All right. Uh, she does make a, a factual point about uh, polio distribution being stronger in the north uh, because the south uh, was um, vaccinated uh, for a long, long time and there wasn't a lot of trust for vaccinations in the northern uh, part of the country. So uh, we have to find out what distribution mechanisms will be used in the south. I love when she calls the show. 99.3. Hello. Hello. Good afternoon, Sandra. Thanks for calling. Well done. I think for the vaccine, from my own opinion, mm. the only person I trust that can distribute this vaccine okay without anything is you. Ah. <laughs> because I, I don't trust the medical because I know what I go through when I go to government hospital. I know what I go through. Mm. You didn't get that to get, you know, people will be coming to speak dialect and they will get them to tell you that you cannot understand dialect. You sit down there, mm. wait for time. So I don't, so I don't trust the government. I don't trust the health workers. I only trust you. So you will find a solution for us. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you very much. As I know the medical worker, how? <laughs> How will I do it? I'm not a medical worker. What will I do? I mean, I can't even stand to take injection myself. So, okay, I guess I can just, like, 
be there and uh, looking over their shoulder while they're doing it and making sure that there's no magu magu. But that's extra work, you know. Who will be doing hard facts while, while I'm doing that? We've got uh, messages on WhatsApp. Let me take a look at a few of them. Isaac from Surulera says, uh, Sandra, the issue with the vaccine is going to take the direction of everything related with Nigeria. Corruption direction. Just like the 700,000 jobs, the politicians will take their slots. The ordinary Nigerians who are not connected with the ordinary uh, with uh, any politician are left out. Isaac from Surulere. But think about it. Eh? So just if it's that 700,000 jobs matter something. But you just count them now, now 700,000. We still have, um, let's see, let me, let, me do, let me do my math. That We still have uh, 9.3 million left. 9.3 million doses left. If they don't come out 700,000 inside. That's for all their extended family members, their girlfriends, their boyfriends, everybody, everybody. Do you understand? So there's still enough to go around. How do you think the remaining one that corruption did not catch should be distributed? The Big Three, Global Edition on Hard Facts. Lagos, here we are, and uh, we're bringing you the biggest stories around the world. So far, we've told you about COVID-19 vaccines. Uh, our second story are Ghana's elections. Ghana's elections. Nana Kufado just got re-elected as president. And there's been a lot of stories about how the election went from different sources. People talking about how uneventful or relatively boring it was, right? But we also have a, a, a news of a few deaths. Now, I've decided uh, to find out what's what. And I've reached out to a friend of the show who just served as an election observer for this election. She's actually still in Ghana and she's joining us uh, from Ghana at the moment. Indicato, welcome back to Hard Facts. Hello, Ndi. Hi, Sandra. Hi, thank you for joining us on the show. Thank you for having me. Now, tell me uh, what you've seen so far overall. How has the elections gone as an observer? Well, um, I will start by recognizing that five people died, and that is very sad because no life is inconsequential, right? And every single life matters. And so these five deaths do matter, and any conversation should include them so as not to downplay it. But um, having said that, relatively, we have called this the most boring election in Africa, and rightfully so. We woke up that morning, I remember I was on uh, on my way to the University of Legon for, um, to monitor elections there. And yes, students actually vote in the hostel, Sandra. Students are vo voting <laughs> in the hostel. They You're kidding. in the university. And because it will make absolutely no sense to put those polling units in classrooms when students are in the hostel on that day, mm. the polling units are in the hostel. So you will come down from your room and vote and go back to your room. These students were in their shorts, half tops, anything you can imagine, they just came down to vote. Wow. There is um, political participation in, in Ghanaian universities. So from teenagers, these students are actually very aware of the like politics. 
students are allowed to be part of political parties from political groups in uh, you know with allegiance to the political parties right from university mm. and canvass for votes for their preferred candidates mm. all of this will happen so it was so at, at the at university of legon some of the students were actually agents they were election agents mm. of course foreign uneventful students were there it wasn't there was no fight no gunshots, no knives, no no sticks and stones. <laughs> no. No? Not at all. Um, Are you sure it was an election? Are you sure it was an election? On my way, I was giving the story on my way to, to the university. And this Uber, like the Uber, the Uber that gave, came to get me, like I saw, you know, a neighborhood that had a polling unit there. One young boy was riding his bicycle out on the streets. And then, you know, somebody who has like a shoe-making business and had opened his kiosk. Mm. And people were lined up in front of the kiosk. It was open. Mm. And a woman with her small provision kiosk, her kiosk was open. Mm. And <laughs> all of this while, of course, I've driven quite, we're driven quite a while and I've not seen police or anything. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I think I missed something you just said. You mean there was no curfew? They were having these elections and life was going on? <laughs> Yeah, so I, I'm like at this point I'm stressed. I'm asking the Uber man, like I asking the Uber, like okay, um, look, people are lining up, and that woman has opened her store right there, and he just looks at me and goes, "Madam, it's an election, not a lockdown." <laughs> <laughs> I like the Ghanaian accent. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, like, madam, like. What is this? What are you saying? <laughs> Probably looked at you as if you came from Mars. What do you mean? Uh, uh, yes, what, what kind of question is that? He was the way he said it, and I will never forget. Now, 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 indeed, indeed, you're a politician. You've taken part in Nigerian elections in many capacities. Now you've observed elections in Ghana. What would you say are the major differences? <laughs> <laughs> Everything. <laughs> like Ghanaians, for example, don't really experience voter apathy. You won't really hear a Ghanaian tell you, Oh, I'm not going to vote, I'm going to decide among themselves who wins. Interesting. <laughs> I didn't hear it from like uh, keep in mind that once you enter an Uber, you enter a taxi anywhere. Radio is going to be tuned to political conversations. Mm. In Nigeria, you know, like Abuja, for example, you most likely hear it tuned to um, that Mbenembo show, Human Rights Show, because people are looking for stories or for a way out. Mm. You won't really hear it tuned to um, what is the name? You won't really hear it tuned to like actual political Ghana. Uh-uh. Like they are shouting on the radio. <laughs> the sound can be an insult to Nanakufuado, and if you continue, like, you will hear people going back and forth the fashion and everything the cabman is listening that was something to me um what else i mean again the the, the relative piece um of course one of my first few days in accra um i saw it like in two vehicles stop and two soldiers drop and i was like okay okay what's happening here and the person who was with me in the car was like no they're just going somewhere <laughs> Just going somewhere. So those kinds of things, and of course, um, there was no military presence. No, what is that? Well, you know, uh, during our election, police will be out, military will be out. What the other guys now? Those ones that wear blue. Uh, civil, civil defense. defense. Mm-hmm. 
none of those none of those guys um once like just once a police patrol vehicle came and patrolled the school and left but nothing like he didn't stop to ask questions or anything um another one was of course um the harassment that usually comes with these things that even if somebody doesn't want to read there'll be a policeman on that day waiting to brutalize someone right and i remember one thing i noted where these girls like they came to polling units with their half tops and nothing was happening in the build-up to the elections two and a half weeks before the Ghanaian elections all election materials had reached the regions regions are like states and when these election materials reach the region there's a whole big event around it why because all the political parties and their agents at these different regions will go to where the electoral commission has brought the voting materials right the election materials and all of them will inspect it and if one political party is not satisfied the electoral commission will not continue and i'm saying this because i saw the opposition party ndc talking about it on tv on joy news i'm talking about how they have gone one by one like all oh, the bags so they'll open it they'll count Sandra, the thing is like team trick. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying that uh, because I've covered uh, Nigerian elections, I, um, I covered mm -hmm. them all the time, and I seem to spend a lot of time talking about materials not arriving in time and all of that. Mm -hmm. And here you are yeah, telling me that the logistics and the operation in Ghana was different, that the, ga the, the materials arrived two weeks before the election? Two and a half. In fact, two weeks, five days. <laughs> and and it wasn't tampered with? They did not press, you know? No, you can't tamper with it. You can't. Everybody will come and inspect. Like you know, all the bags will be outside. You see them opening one by one. And what? This side, this side. Okay, let's decide with this bag. They will take their time. Like even during the printing of the materials, uh, the printing of uh, ballot papers and all of that, um, the Electoral Commission actually invites the political party agents to come and represent the political party and inspect the printing process. Ah. God no go shame us. But now we're hearing <laughs> that uh, Mahama is going to the Supreme Court, that uh, he's, uh, um, he, he's not conceding. If he, I mean, um, I, for, I, I would, I would say for the interest of peace, um, I would expect him to. But at the same time, it was also a very closely contested election. Okay. So if it was you, Sandra, that came this close, <laughs> it was neck and neck. If you came this close, I believe you would also feel that way. Mm. But what we should also look at is that within the Ghanaian system, we have one candidate thoroughly dissatisfied with the process, mm. and it hasn't caused the breakdown of law and order. Mm. And that is something, mm. you know. So I wouldn't, um, you know, I'm an independent observer mm -hmm, here. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't say, oh, do I think what Mahama is saying, or you know, it's not saying. But what I would say is that mm. <laughs> Ghanaians sitting and thinking that they trust the system to deliver. Yes, they do. Um, Afghanians, um, Afghanians are afraid that since Mahama did not concede, life is going to stop. No, they're not. There's no talk about, oh, go and stock up and stay in your houses. Things are about to get dangerous. Mm. No. Everybody is um, operating within the confines of, you know, pretty strong institutions and pretty strong laws. My and that goodness. is great. Um, yesterday, I watched another clip mm -hmm. in which, you know, uh, members of the NDC went to the Electoral Commission and they were protesting. Mm. And these policemen were there. They had the barricades. And there was this woman in purple. Like, she was pushing police. <laughs> so, Nah, Indy, how did they do it? How did Ghana do it? 
think I think that for Ghanaians there is um there is an insistence on strong institutions over persons. Hmm. There is that. Because even in politics, like before Jerry Rollins died, or when he died, I was hearing, oh, I was like, oh, do you think this would really affect the elections mm. in a certain way? And, you know, the response I got was, oh, if even the NDC, and I think the NDC should be the party that Rollins um, aligns with, mm. that even that party didn't make him a god-like figure. And even him, like, as that thing happened, didn't really try to interfere like that, like, you know. Um, there was a point where Ghana went through a seismic change in mm. the way they do things, and mm. I think they've been able to maintain it. Maintain that. I do hope that the conversation going forward, of mm. course, for Ghanaians is to realize, look, look around you, all your neighbors are chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, all, all your neighbors are chaotic, and they should realize that this democracy is a thing that you constantly have to fight for. Mm. That at no point should you see a chaotic neighbor and think, hey, that's cool. I want to emulate mm. them. I think that is important. I have to ask how the parties are interacting with each other at various levels. Because, of course, there were reports of violence. Uh, a few, but uh, yeah. not as many as other places. So um, how did that violence come about? Um, do you know? And then beyond the violence, how are the parties interacting with each, with each other at various levels? Well, typically, the, um, the, the political conversation in Ghana is very intellectual. These people like to blow big English. It's never really about religion or anything. I mean, there are, there are regions that vote across certain lines, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So typically, each party has like maybe 40% of the votes locked down. Mm. 35 to 40 mm-hmm. of votes locked down. Like, in this side, it's going to be NDC. In this side, it's going to be MPP. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. whatever you choose. And then you now have to fight for, like, the remaining 35, 40. Those are the, always, those are the defining votes. Mm-hmm. And so you really have to convince those people. And those people are not going to tell you that, hmm, do you know that Nana Kufa, do he came to this with me yesterday and I like him. That's a bloody lies. And uh, they don't care. If your wife is down to earth, they don't care. They're going to go step-by-step policy. They're going to look at what you have done, foreign direct investments. Electricity, I think that was the main thing that was going on. There was a problem with electricity um, in Mahama's government, and then uh, it got a bit fixed here. MPs, um, there is no... Nobody dashing you votes because they like one person. So the MPP... It's an election that the NPP won and lost, mm. right? Mm. They won and lost at the same time. Mm. Um, look at the um, the Ghanaian parliament. It's, mm. it's click right in the center, Sandra. Sandra. There's, um, I think, 130, I think 136 on one end. Like, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a it's one, one parliamentarian difference, though. So, uh-huh, 136 for MPP, mm-hmm. 137 for, for MDC. Like, it's split right in the in center. The middle, so yeah. I like it. It's good, it's good for democracy. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a rubber stamp assembly. Mm-hmm. We are going to, and of course, MDC is going to look to build from this to mm-hmm. do a massive win in 20, um, 2024, I believe. Yeah. Yes. So there is that. Um, 
what else? Of course, um, there were there was a large conversation that the MPP um, MPP uh, parliamentarians did not deliver, mm -hmm. you know, in their in their in their zones, like mm -hmm. didn't perform. So that mm -hmm. really affected the president. So it was like the president went alone into this election, mm -hmm. and if, with this vote, you can tell how Ghanaians make their decisions. Some mm. people voted against um, MPs in a place and would vote for their for the same for the president from the same party. In the, so in these thing. decisions were not sentimental. These decisions were very based on thank you. These decisions were, were very based on um were based on um what's the name? On you know individual reasons. This is the this is the particular reason. This policy, that policy. This is where I see the future going. And yeah, like, and again, you can tell. Big right in the center. Um, John Mahama almost got it. He missed by an inch. And um, the parliament. Okay, I've got it correctly now. 136 seats for the NDC, which is the opposition party. 137 seats for the ruling party. And then one independent. Now, if that one independent person says he's going to align with NDC, <laughs> they are still right in the They go who I'm tired. They go who the person tired. They go who you tired. Ndikato, thank you so much uh, for telling us what's happening in Ghana. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Ndikato is a politician and she was an independent. Um, uh, elections observer for the Ghanaian elections 2020. Lagos, how did Ghana do it? I'm just here and I'm dying of jealousy because, nah, man, what is this? What is, what is, what is all of this? Like, <laughs> 0700993. Does anybody else want to fight? Like, I want to come out my clothes and fight. I want to start on the studio. If I let me start on this studio table. What? Eh, how did they do it? How? <laughs> Let me take your calls. 99.3, hello. Yes, uh, Sandra, how are you? I'm stunned and flabberwhelmed. How are you? Yeah, I'm okay. My name is Kelvin. Welcome. Yes, nice speaking to you. Hmm. Yes, I followed the election a bit, and there are high points to me and low points also. Okay. The high points were, of course, the results came in in less than um, 48 hours. We knew who the president was and also i was also excited that about 70 million voters were registered for this election and at least 30 million participated in the votes nobody sat down and stayed back that my vote will not count those are some of the high points and um, the issue that they went out to vote for was key they talked about insecurity they were very worried about it they talked about the handling of covid they were concerned about that they also talk about the issue of employment. When I listened to them, those were the major three key issues most Ghanaians went out to vote for. Those were some of the high points for me. Mm. And also the issue of not no restriction of there's election, let us shut down the country or shut down the state. Mm. Those were very fantastic high points for me. But the low point, which got me very worried mm. and aghast, mm -hmm. was the issue of the violence. Mm. I've never knew Ghana to be involved in violence when it comes to elections. Okay. I've never known them to, to be like that. So I was worried that five people were killed. And I was surprised also that the NDC man who came here to praise President Goodluck Jonathan when he considered defeat mm. and applauded him, he's mm. going to the court to contest the election. It is he right said, now. I know, but it's a case of do what I say, don't do what I do. You know, I was expecting <laughs> that. He will leave and show an example. Mm. And those constitutions, we must place that we cannot win at all the time. Mm. Look at the madness uh, that is happening in the United States now. It's where the 
what takes example for, for democracy, mm-hmm. almost decimated by one man mm. because of his pastoral uh, ambition. Mm. So I was disappointed because even Jerry Lawrence, who was a, a member of his party, at the point he did not support him, he supported the ruling party. Mm. Yes. Mm. So we must learn to accept defeat at the right time. If defeat is what they want, the majority has spoken. That is democracy. The majority will have to say, that's always has been democracy. So I was worried that the man is going to record and all that. And I'm also worried and surprised that it ended up in violence. That has not been the style of Ghana. Mm. But it's a nice one that the result came out in a very short period mm-hmm. and it's a example for us. Now, 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 you seem to be following the elections very much. I have to ask you the same question I asked Ndi. How did Ghana get it right? When you say get it right, are you talking in terms of, the, in terms of what particular restriction or what? Everything, the entire process. It seems so un-African. You know, yes, how, why, how, how did they get it right? Yes, that is that is why I was amazed and aghast about the violence. They have always gotten it right because since 1992, mm. when they came to this realization of allowing parties and everything, mm. they have always done this. They have always allowed the political process to go flow, to flow freely. Mm. They have, it has always been smooth process. Mm. I'm shocked that this happened, violence. I was worried that Ghana... Because it has always, I've always used them as an example mm-hmm. of a, of, 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 of we of here in West Africa. Mm. Yes. So it's a surprise to me. They have done very well in the past years, but I think we need to move this threat that is happening to democracy. I think democracy is coming under threat in some part of the world. Mm. And Ghana is beginning to Lend get that inflicted mm. with that threat. So right. let them begin to live up to that. Thank you so much for calling. It was a pleasure talking to you. 99.3. Hello. Good afternoon, Sandra. Good afternoon to you. What's your name? My name is Akendo. Welcome. Uh, Sandra, you say how did, how did um, Ghana get it right? Yes. Ghana and Sandra, <laughs> are you sure you know the answer to that question? <laughs> <laughs> you know the answer to that question, Sandra. We can't talk about it on here. I don't know the answer, but if it's something we can't talk about on here, then let's not talk about it on here. You can you can WhatsApp me, you can DM me on Twitter and Facebook. It's something to do with a certain person called Jerry Rollins. Ah, no, please, we don't want uh, that in Nigeria. Uh, so let's, so let's, good, so let's not talk about that. No, no, we don't want that, please. Thank you. So let's talk about something else. Eh? <laughs> um, you see, you said it's so un African. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't agree with you that it's so un African. Okay. There are two other African countries that are doing very well. Um, when you talk about global standards, best practices or doing things, there is Rwanda and there's Kenya. And the reason these countries are getting it right is because um, they, are, they are men at the elms who have built institutions, who have put things in, in proper perspective. So you talk, very, so you've talked about three countries out of 52 countries. Or? Yes, yes. Now, what, what I mean... Yeah, that, if you get three out of 52 in exam, no, we fail you, they fail Oh, no, I'm sorry. But let me bring you our third story today. It's an international response to the NSAS protests. Celebrities from the Nigerian diaspora, the United States, and the black diaspora in general wrote an open letter to President Muhammad Buhari yesterday. They titled the letter, quote, Nigerians deserve better, end quote. Here are some of the celebs behind the letter. Namdi Samoga, he's a Nigerian-American uh, uh, NFL player. 
Angelique Kijo also signed the letter. Samuel Adegoke, Alicia Keys, Bernice King, uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s daughter, and so many other celebrities. And uh, here are the things that they are asking for. Number one, the government should release all jailed protesters and unfreeze their bank accounts and release their passports. Now, this is interesting because remember Five for Five? One of the five demands was to release the arrested protesters. Government has said over and over that they've met all five for five demands that are possible. But the protesters are saying that, oh, well, that's not true since some of their comrades are still locked up. The second uh, thing that the letter is asking for is for government to hold uh, accountable all military and police personnel behind the lucky shooting and other attacks on protesters. Number three, on this letter, government should allow an independent probe into the lucky shootings. Remember, some protesters have said that they cannot trust the Lagos panel since the army has said that the governor invited them to the toll gate. So this letter is calling for a human rights group to lead the probe. This letter is also asking for government to, quote, lift the ban on peaceful protests, end quote. Now, like we've said before, there's mixed signals about this particular one. On the one hand, the president has said repeatedly that peaceful protests are fine. But on the other hand, there are reports of the police taking steps to prevent protests from starting. I pass uh, uh, Lekki Tollgate all the time, and most of the time you pass there, at least for the past four days, you will see police vans stationed at the Tollgate. Uh, since, since Monday, when we heard reports of a possible second phase of the NSARS protests. But uh, this is what diaspora celebrities are asking of the president. What do you think? Do you agree or disagree with the contents of this letter? 0700-993-993-993. I have 1 minute 30 seconds so I can take one call and then come to Facebook and WhatsApp. Hello. Hello. Hello, Sandra. Thank Hi, good afternoon. Good afternoon. What's your name? This is Kathmir Ozer calling well, from Ikeja. Welcome. You've got 1 minute 30 seconds. Okay. Um. Actually, it's it's quite interesting. I I I left my jaws dropping while Indy was talking about um, Ghanaian process of election. I mean, I was I was going to ask how did they get there? You know, before you started asking how did they made it to this um, point. I remember while I was coming from Port Harcourt to Lagos um, during the Edo State uh, governor, uh, governorship election, mm, you know, mm-hmm. I used I used the road transport. Mm. You, you would not believe that I slept on the road for a complete two days trying to pass Edo into Lagos because I was caught in the midnight um, in between Edo and Delta State just mm. for me to travel mm. on the federal road because there is an election going on in Edo State. Mm. I suffered for two days, like I just had a bath. Mm-hmm. Although I was able to get something to eat along the, I mean, along the road, and that place was quite dangerous for us. It kept, I mean, you need to see commuters were sleeping on the stars because of election. And this is because of an election in a state. And this is a country we are talking about, a whole Ghana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you heard her say, yeah, ladies come out with their uh, mini sort of wares mm-hmm. and they do their um, ca- and vote, vote, vote and, and they go and, away. Mm-hmm. And, and they go away, no one harasses them or no one comes to looking at them, oh, she's wearing a sexy thing to come out. Mm-hmm. I mean, are these not Africans? How did their orientation change to this point? 
cut, by the way. And that's talking about the celebrities who are calling the government to um, take action about NSAS protests. Mm. I think it is high time to draw government who are listening here because it is, it is very embarrassing for Nigeria and its citizens to be getting called out all the time by international communities due to things that they could have avoided and played, I mean, a better role in avoiding all this embarrassment. Um, that's my two cents, actually. Thank you for your show, anyway. Thank you, Casimir, for calling. We appreciate your call. I've got a message from O2E20. You're listening to Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info. Every Friday, we bring you stories uh, from the rest of the world. We let Nigeria rest a bit and tell you what's happening in other parts.